0: Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go.
1: So today we have Eric Huberman with Hawk Media joining us. Eric, how are you today?
2: Doing great. How are you doing?
1: Doing excellent. Thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about Hawk Media. What do you do?
2: Sure. We're basically an outsourced CMO and marketing team to companies. So we go into brands, identify holes in their marketing organization, and then we'll spin up different experts like a Facebook marketer, an email marketer, a fractional CMO, all a la carte, all month to month. We currently manage about 450 brands marketing and yeah, have people all over the country.
1: Okay. That's awesome. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, how you got here. Where were you before this and how long have you been sure. doing Hawk Media?
2: Yeah, um, so I've been doing Hawk Media six and a half years, and before this, I basically spent almost a decade building and uh, sold a couple e-commerce companies. So mm-hmm. this is actually my fifth business, but definitely the longest one I've stuck with, and probably will <laughs> for the future. Um, but yeah, coming from e-commerce and building brands, basically.
1: Okay, that's excellent. Um, what was the reason that you moved over from e-commerce into uh, the marketing side of things?
2: Well, so with e-commerce, I was always focused on marketing because frankly, like it was at a t-shirt company at a women's activewear brand and manufacturing mm. wasn't the difficulty. I had great designers, things like that. So that wasn't hard, but getting people to buy products is hard. And so I mm. focused on marketing. And when I sold my last company, I started advising and consulting for a lot of brands on how to do the same thing, how to drive revenue growth, using all these different new digital channels and things like that. So I worked with Red Bull, Verizon, HP, a lot of startups and saw the same thing over and over again, which is when it came time to actually execute on what uh, I was advising on, it was always difficult because these companies have two options, either build a team in-house or or hire an agency. And just found that building in-house, generally it's really hard for any company to attract the top marketers out there because they're few and Mm -hmm. far between. Like we do a lot on the recruiting side of our business to actually find great marketers and we do a lot in training, which these companies Mm -hmm. don't have those infrastructures. If you are able to attract the best, then you have to afford them, which really great marketers are expensive.
0: Mm -hmm. And then
2: even if you accomplish to afford them, find them and you have them in house, now you're operating in a vacuum. And one of my favorite examples of that is the CMO of Pepsi went on stage at a marketing conference and said agencies are worthless. Nobody needs them. And two months later, they launched their famous Kendall Jenner ad where she solves racism with a can of Pepsi. That (laughs) very, one of the most tone deaf ads of our (laughs) generation uh, was done in house. So that's why agencies exist among <laughs> a lot of other reasons. And the problem on the agency side, though, is 99% of them have no idea how to do anything either. They're built by snake oil salesmen and people that, you know, throw up a bunch of fake numbers and say, you know, mm. don't actually know how to build a business. And the few that are good tend to get really expensive want long contracts, high minimum, something that makes them hard to work with. So I, again, I was out consulting, trying to help them execute, couldn't find any good partners. So decided I'm just going to hire my own little SWAT team. And that's where we came up with this a la carte month to month, make it super easy. And the idea is we'll plug in right where we're needed and ebb and flow and change as the company's needs change. And that's Mm -hmm. how we started. And, you know, we started with seven people and now we're about 170.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot of growth in six and a half years. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, What are some of the teaching moments? I'm sure that everybody, as you build, especially in that amount of time, you've had some moments where you're like, oh, I shouldn't have hired that person or I shouldn't have done this. And what was like the one that you hold on to and it's the wisdom that you carry with you moving forward?
2: Yeah. The biggest thing I think is just, it's always going to be something like you just kind of alluded to it, but like, there's always going to be someone that disappoints you or someone mm. that, especially at this scale, like there's always someone taking, like leaving the company for a ridiculous reason or doing, <laughs> making a big mistake or doing something that it, or there's something with the company or there's a global pandemic. Like there's always going to be something that you're dealing with. And that, in as the owner of a company, you're always going to be the one dealing with the biggest problems. So mm coming to terms with that and just accepting that that is your job, I think is a really big part of being an entrepreneur. And that's something that took a long time for me. I I had good like lessons towards that over time, but like now we even joke about it, my business partner and I, that it's always something that's, that's what we signed up for.
1: (laughs) I think that's fair. I like that. Um, So tell me a little bit about your ideal client. Like who do you guys normally target and you find that you have the most success working
2: with? Yeah. So our mission statement is accessibility to great marketing for everyone. And we Hmm. do mean it. And so, you know, I would compare it to like a Deloitte or EY, where it's like they're not really discriminating against who they help with accounting. Mm -hmm. They're just experts in their field for the companies that need it. They work Mm -hmm. with SMBs, they work with large companies, they work with e-commerce, they work with SaaS, they work with service businesses. And we're similar Um, because of my background in e-commerce. We are a powerhouse with, and we've always been. So we do a lot of investing in e-commerce and marketing Mm -hmm. software. We do invest in e-commerce brands. We've I've built and sold e-commerce brands. So that's still a big piece of our business, but we're also doing very well in a lot of other categories, including That's SaaS, nice. including service businesses, including restaurants, etc. Okay. Very cool.
1: So where do you see yourself going in like the next three to five years?
2: Yeah. So our plan pre-COVID, so to speak, was to <laughs> start physically expanding into new territories. So we have a punch list that included Miami, Dallas, Chicago. So Take a step back. We're already in New York, LA, and Boston. Okay, and our plan was to go to Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, Miami, San Francisco, and Boise. Mm-hmm. And so to open offices there, maybe acquire an agency there. We've done a lot of A and acquisitions too. And so looking at that, and with this, we realized a couple months ago, like this has actually opened up the opportunity to just start hiring. Like we don't need to wait to open an office. We can just start. So we have people pretty much in all those cities all now. Mm-hmm within two months because we've been growing. So we've been hiring. And so now we're trying to, you know, we're basically starting to do some of the groundwork there to go. Hmm.
1: Okay. Something that like I've kind of read about and have seen happening and wondering if you've seen the same thing is, uh, some of the more traditional brands who have resisted e-commerce in the past have now had to make a shift. Have you guys had an influx of, uh, brands who maybe initially were holding off on e-commerce and now are looking for help marketing into yeah.
2: that. Yeah. I mean, we're already pretty big in people that are already doing it, but yes, mm-hmm. we've had a, an influx of people that are like, all right, I guess we can't ignore this anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for somebody who buys almost everything I buy on prime or, you know, yeah. from some other like e-commerce store, it's always really surprising to me when I hear brands or friends even who are like, no, I don't do any shopping online. And of course, now all of that has changed, oh. but it's really surprising.
2: One <laughs> well, of the stats there, its uh, before COVID, it was about 13% market share of consumer spending was online and about 87% was in store. Um, and through COVID, it grew from 13 to 30% overnight. Yeah. So yeah. it's more than doubled the market share. And uh, yeah, a lot of people that didn't traditionally are like, well, this is, I mean, that part was like thankful for, you know, everyone has to be thankful for the fact that we actually have the infrastructure to do that because- yeah. I can't imagine what happened in 1918 where like, you're supposed to stay home, but you don't get delivery. You don't get all these things. Right. I mean, I think there might've been milkmen at that point, right. but like, it wasn't you don't get Instacart back then. Right. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that would have been a much tougher time to, uh, to have to stay home. But um, uh, do you guys have any like fun new projects on the horizon? You're expanding in the midst of that. Anything else you guys have going on right now?
2: Yeah. Um, we're, e- e-commerce week is probably the most exciting one. We have we have partnered with the city of LA to host basically E-commerce week LA, which is think fashion week, New York fashion week, but yeah. for in LA and really highlighting the ecosystem here and all the great brands here. And we're going virtual with it, but we're still hosting the first annual. And the idea is to build it virtually, which we've learned. We can get a lot more attendees and a lot more involved because people mm-hmm. have to go somewhere for it. And the idea is to build the audience so that next year can be that much bigger, but this year is going to be super exciting. We have like fat fit fun committed and the undies and tomorrow melon and all these great brands that are wow. going to be doing their own activations that aren't just like panels, but also like, we're going to be probably doing a pitch competition with, to mm-hmm. be in fat fit Fun's box. We're going to be doing a design your own underwear and like all these things that are supposed to be fun and engaging. So that that'll be September 28th that week. So that'll be great. Um, that's that's I mean, other than the day to day, like we're, you know, trying to figure out how to manage a remote team. Now we're figuring out how to expand and grow. We're figure you know, on our fun side, you know, we have nine different investments that we're helping them also navigate this whole thing. So a lot of other things are moving parts, but that's like the most uh, that's the most exciting near term thing.
1: That's awesome. That'll be a lot of fun for your team, I'm sure.
2: yeah
1: So how can our community jump on board and support you?
2: Yeah, I mean, always looking to help people with marketing, even if it's just advising, you know, you can submit for a free consultation on our site, just talkmedia.com. I'm always happy to help. It's, I'm on every social media at Adder slash Eric Huberman. So super easy. Um, that's it. I mean, really, you know, we we want to achieve our mission, which is create accessibility to great marketing. So hmm. however we can help people, that that is our mission.
1: Excellent. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yeah.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest.